This is exactly right. Hello, welcome to the Parent Footprint Podcast with Dr. Dan. I am Dr. Dan, your host. Our mission at Parent Footprint is to make the world a more loving and compassionate place, one parent and one child at a time. At Parent Footprint, we firmly believe the key to raising happy, healthy, and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same in our own lives, happiness, health, and engagement. We believe that awareness... Awareness is the foundation of your vision of successful parenting, and with increased awareness and intention, we can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint on our children. Today's show is going to help us do exactly that. It is called Surviving and Thriving with Dyslexia Advocate, Don Wynn. And let me tell you about author and speaker Don Wynn. Don has struggled with dyslexia his entire life, as well as dysgraphia, which is trouble with writing, and dyscalculia, which is a fancy name for trouble with math, numbers, and sequencing. He learned to not only survive, but thrive, and he shares information as he is going to today as a dyslexia advocate so parents and educators can help their dyslexic children and students understand what it is and how to work with it with patience, optimism, and perseverance. He is an author that he writes chapter stories that are engaging, which we're going to talk about today as well. There are the Sir K books, which we will talk about, and he has a new book coming out, which I can't wait to read, called Raising a Child with Dyslexia, What Every Parent Needs to Know. He's also published several articles, Costco Connection Magazine, Today Parenting, Fostering Families Today, MD Monthly, Latin Times, and many, many others. With that... I would like to welcome you, Don, to the show. Good morning. Well, good morning. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. So let's start at the beginning. How did this journey start for you? Well, I um, back in, in the 60s, uh, there was not much known about dyslexia. And I'm not sure how a lot of kids today, when they start kindergarten, it seems like uh, they're expected to do a lot more than they did when I was uh, when I was a child. When I started kindergarten, it was more more for um, socializing. You know, we played with blocks and crayons and play-doh and things like that. And so I, I enjoyed kindergarten, but as soon as I started first grade, everything changed. From day one, I, w- I was lost. Uh, we had to. Uh, we had to learn our alphabet. We, we started uh, putting uh, syllables together, and uh, I couldn't make a, a, any sense out of any of that. And I, I struggled all through first grade. Uh, I, be, I was very anxious. I had a lot of anxiety. I was losing weight. My, my mother was concerned because uh, she, she knew that there was something wrong, but she never really talked with me about school. Uh, she just knew that... Uh, uh, it's a, a very uh, anxious uh, boy here, and my teacher uh, knew that there was something wrong, and I'm not really sure what sort of conversations they had during my first year with my parents, but uh, I was. Uh, it was uh, decided that I need to be uh, 
uh, held back another year. So the second year in first grade, which was a, a very traumatic for me because all my, my friends, they already moved up to second grade. Uh, when I was about two, three months into to the second year, there was a special ed uh, teacher that was taking um, extension courses on dyslexia. And when my teacher described uh, what I was dealing with, she recognized that and said, well, it sounds like he has dyslexia. And so it was decided after a conference with my parents that she would spend an hour a day with me, one-on-one, the special ed teacher. And she helped me learn to read. She helped me with the, uh, with the syllables, uh, sounding out the words, uh, understanding how to say each word, uh, and uh, after after a few months, I was able to then to to read, and and they put me right back in class again. Now I moved on to second grade, but I still had all the the other problems with with dyslexia, dyscalculia, dysgraphia that was never addressed. All I had was a label, and so I continued to struggle all through my school years, um, and. Uh, I continued to deal with anxiety. I was sick a lot. And a lot of that, as I look back in retrospect, was because uh, I never really understood what dyslexia was and what I was dealing with. I was just put in an environment that really didn't suit me. And uh, I didn't do well in school. So how would you describe dyslexia to our audience it's kind of hard for me to describe it in terms of the reading because um, early on, I, of course, I, I switched my B's and D's and so forth, and that's not necessarily just with, with dyslexia. But uh, once I was able to get past that, the problems that I, I had the most with, with uh, dyslexia was with uh, sequencing, uh, I had trouble with my directions. I could, I could never. I, I, even to this day, I get lost. I, I re- rely on my navigation software. Um, I struggled with um, being able to uh, to follow any sort of instructions that were beyond maybe two steps. Uh, you know, I, I could never ask for directions anywhere because they, I always had uh, five or six steps, and I was completely lost at that after the first step. And so those are the aspects of my dyslexia that probably that I struggled with the most. Uh, now, as far as reading, even though I was able to read with proficiency, I was I was still very slow with it. I still read slow. I can maybe my wife completes an entire book by the time I get through the first chapter. That's how slow I am. And I've I've come to the realization that well, I'm only going to read so fast, <laughs> and that's just the way <laughs> exactly. it is. Exactly. Yeah, and and writing, I could never, I really struggled with writing, and that was probably the hardest uh, aspect of taking tests where it required me to actually write out my answers because I could never remember how to consistently spell words. Uh, The grammar uh, was just very confusing to me. Uh, Dysgraphia, I was very sloppy with my writing, and so I really stressed about that. I was much better with multiple choice. But even then, I required a lot more time than I was given, so I very rarely ever completed tests. Mm-hmm. And for those listening, um, as Don's describing, there is a whole are a whole host of 
uh, characteristics, let's say, that comes with dyslexia. And everyone knows about the, well, most people think it's a flipping thing. And like you said, that can happen with dyslexics, not all. And there are non-dyslexics who sometimes flip because of visual processing issues. Um, but generally what we see is slower to learn to read, need specific instruction in reading. Once you can read, and many dyslexics, again, here's another dispelling the myth, many dyslexics can read, but often it's very slow and laborious. It can be very hard to understand the comprehension of what you're reading. Um, a lot of us reading avoidance, and then what we see a lot, particularly with bright dyslexics who compensate, is you can end up reading well enough, but the writing is so laborious, so difficult. You can't get your thoughts on the paper. When you can, it's not legible, and it's a really frustrating experience um, that you really see in the writing. And actually, the last thing I want to say, I just want to highlight this, is the processing speed tends to be lower, which is why it takes a really long time to take tests. And it's not that you're going to be inaccurate, but you often need twice as long to actually have time to consciously think and get through the material so you can get out your knowledge. That exactly describes it. So there was a movie for you that impacted you, and it actually impacted me as I shared with you before the show, and many of listeners know that I am dyslexic as well with a dyslexic family. And we had all of our kids, we all watched together, my wife and our kids, uh, The Big Picture, Rethinking Dyslexia. And what an impactful documentary. And uh, tell us how that impacted you. Well, although I had the, the label of being dyslexic, and I was already at the point where I was doing writing um, with, a, with a lot of help from my, my wife and, and so forth, they have a really good editor. But uh, I was already doing the creative writing at that point, and I was I was doing some some uh, articles on dyslexia, but I still didn't really fully comprehend all the aspects of dyslexia and how it Im impacted me all of my life. And when I watched that documentary, it was it was very eye opening. Throughout throughout the uh, the interview process, I kept saying, "Yeah, that's me." Yeah, that's me. And my wife was with me, and uh, at, at, she was flabbergasted because she was com completely opposite of me. She she had no idea what dyslexia was, and she was reading uh, chapter books before she even started kindergarten. And so uh, we, we she kind of struggled in understanding me throughout our married life. And at that point, not only did it open my eyes as to really all the aspects of dyslexia and what others did in order to compensate for it had opened my wife's eyes and really beginning to understand me better. And it really, it really turned uh, both our lives around at that point. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple memories about that documentary. One is um, just of having our three kids who are in different developmental stages watch it and how different each response was, you know, the youngest of like, oh, yeah, I'm dyslexic. And the middle one is like, yeah, I kind of know this stuff. And our older one, who is in more of a, a middle school state at the time, it's it's hard to, it, from an identity perspective, it's hard to accept some aspects 
of one's profile, um, which now is not the case. But I want to say to parents out there, know it's a process by helping your kids understand and accept their profile because there's a lot of strengths in it as well as we're going to learn from Don. And secondly, Don, I have to share this story. When Richard Branson was um, talking about how he had all of these very successful businesses and he still didn't know the difference between a gross profit and a net profit, and his uh, CFO drew a picture of that um, ocean with fish in it and said, all the fish flying around is your gross uh, profit, but when we pull out a net of them, which takes out your costs, whatever is left is your net profit. And he said, it's the first time I understood it. And you know what? That was the first time that I actually understood it and could learn it and and remember it in a way that I actually can talk about it uh, several years later. Yeah, that that was an excellent way to to, um, help illustrate that. And and I took notice of that that as well. So you've been at this a while, and then you decided to not only write about this, but also to become an advocate. What, how did that come to be? Uh, when, I, when I really began to understand myself better, and I look back and think of all the, the misery I experienced that could have been avoided if I had been given the understanding and the tools uh, to be able to say, okay, I can't do this like everyone else, but I have my own way of doing it. Or there's alternate ways of, of getting uh, getting the end result. You know, I don't want children today to have to go through the same thing that I did. I had a miserable ch- childhood when it came to my education, and and it, and a lot of that is can, could be avoided and can be avoided today. And so I want to be able, as I learn more about myself and more about uh, other dyslexics. I want to be able to share what I know and what I've learned and what I experienced with parents so they can understand how to help and encourage and support their children. But also, I want to provide children uh, a positive, uh, not only a positive uh, example, but also uh, help in, in being able to love some of the things that is very hard for them. You know, like reading and writing, it was one of the, the hardest things for me, and I never, ever thought I would be a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I've been able to to, to kind of get past those, uh, those misconceptions I had about myself and my abilities and what I'm able to do by focusing on my strengths and using my strengths. And then where I'm weak, I have other people help me with that. And I can still accomplish uh, uh, things that in times past I never thought was possible. And I want children today to be able to recognize their strengths, uh, to be able to, to harness those strengths, to utilize those strengths, and to be able to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Um, because regardless of how hard something is, if you really want to do it, well, there's a way to do it. Exactly. And what I'm thinking about from your words here is self-knowledge is power, right? When we understand ourselves and you understand that you have these tremendous strengths and here's what you're good at and here's some things that you're not good at and it's okay. And uh, what I've learned is successful people know the difference, right? What they're good at and what they're not good at and how to ask for help. Absolutely. 
And I, I want to just refer the um, our listeners to an early podcast. If you're going to want more information about the dyslexic strengths, uh, go back to Fernet Eide, author, a co-author of the Dyslexic Advantage and uh, co-founder of dyslexicadvantage.org. And they, she talks about the four strengths. And I want to say these, Don, and then hear what you think about this from your experience. So they talk about the mind strengths, M-I-N-D. M stands for material reasoning, which is advanced 3D spatial reasoning of dyslexics to non-dyslexics. I, interconnected reasoning. Dyslexics are really good at taking lots of different information, data point concepts, and putting them together for novel solutions. N is narrative reasoning, and this is what you made me think of it. Narrative reading, reasoning is that dyslexics are storytellers. And you're a storyteller, right? So it, it's a it's a strength, a visual storyteller or a um, written storyteller. Dyslexics tell stories, and then finally, there's dynamic reasoning, which is the ability to take past and present data points and predict future outcomes. Which is why so many on- successful entrepreneurs tend to be dyslexic. So there are all these these superpowers. What 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 have you found? Um. Well, the thing that I utilized, and one thing that helped me to to get through school, and also when I began in the in the workforce, was that I always looked at the big picture, and I was able to, even though I may not be able to to drill down into the detail like others would be able to, I kind of stand back and I looked at the big picture, and was able to surmise a lot of a lot of things by doing that. And I like things clear and concise. And early on, because writing uh, and communicating is always a very important part of the work environment, especially, you know, I was in the technical field. I I was a computer programmer, and I had to communicate both with with my management and with my peers. And so I, I couldn't sit down and then write out these long sentences and paragraphs describing this or that or the other things, but I was great at bullet points. And so I could just hone in, okay, what is the gist of this? Uh, and so I just I write down a few bullet points. Okay, here, here it is. Here's the, here are the facts. Here's what's going on. Clear and concise. And after a few years of doing that, I was actually considered one of the best communicators in the office. <laughs> and it wasn't because I was good at writing at that point because I still couldn't sit down and really put two sentences together very well, but because when I did write something, it was clear, it was concise, and it was meaningful. It, it really it honed in on what the point was. And I think being able to see the big picture of things and, and just boil it down is what uh, really helped me to do that. That is so well articulated, and um, I found that that is one of the... Um dyslexic strengths as well and helping parents realize with their kids it's hard for dyslexics to remember rote details details that are rote they're sequential they're not tied to a story or to a bigger picture but you you have these kids that really can get to the essence of the situation of the concept even though they can't remember the dates of the war the names of the 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 battles the 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 capitals, those are the things that fall away, but are really strong in conceptual understanding and pattern recognition and pulling things together. That's exactly it. So you are in the midst of putting out a book about raising dyslexic kids and telling us everything we need to know. 
So please tell us some of the main things that we need to know. Well, the one is parents need to understand what dyslexia is and what it is and, and all its many siblings, as we talked about, the you know, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and so forth. Uh, they need to understand that. They need to understand that not every dyslexic is the same. Uh, there may be there may be two siblings in the same household that have dyslexia, but one may not have a problem with one area and another does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's important to understand that and and different degrees and severities of it. Uh, in my case, uh, I I had several of them when I was growing up uh, struggles. Uh, so it's under it's important to understand that too. Uh, it's important to, to then be able to look at the, the the strengths of the child and and have them communicate what do, what is it that you enjoy what is it you would like to do what are things that are fun for you and and really encourage encourage that and and help them to see that uh, there's even though there are other things that are, are a struggle or are difficult you can still do well with those and give them the tools. Uh, uh, and uh, the help in order for them to be able to, because all kids can learn to read, regardless of, of uh, uh, the dyslexia or how severe it is. All kids can learn to read if they're taught in the correct way and given the, the, the time and the attention to be able to help them do that. And so, uh, and also to help them to, to have, uh, have that uh, tenacity because there are th- some things that are not going to be easy. Uh, you know, when I, was, uh, when I was younger, as I mentioned, the last thing I ever thought I would ever want to do is be able to write. But the thing is, I wanted to be, in the back of my mind, I wanted to be a writer. Boy, I sure would love, because I love stories. I love to hear stories. I love to watch stories. In the back of my mind, I thought to myself, boy, it sure would be nice or fun if I could be an author, but that's not for me. I could never do that. I can't put two sentences together. Well, that was uh, uh, kind of a misconception. Just because something is hard doesn't mean there isn't a path or a way to do that if you really want to do it. And so I want to be able to encourage parents to help their children to be able to see what is it that you really want to do and help them to find a path to be able to accomplish that and give them the the support and help they need. And also to to praise the effort because, uh, you know, you're going to fail a lot more than you succeed, but you still make progress. And when you praise the effort, uh, that you know you're making good progress. You're 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 working hard. You're you're you know I'm so proud of you. That goes a long ways in helping a child to continue to have that tenacity and that grit in order to to work through what's hard. Mm-hmm. And I find that dyslexic individuals are among the most resilient and perseverant people because of how hard they have to work and pick themselves up. Um, especially given the modern school situation uh, that we have for a lot of our kids. Absolutely. And so the the book will uh, not only steps uh, or discusses all the aspects of dyslexia, what it is, what it isn't, but it goes into a lot of the uh, the psychology, the, the social and emotional uh, learning, and all the various things, the self-esteem, the agency, um, 
really develop how that's developed and how to really help your child emotionally as they uh, as they deal with this difficulty through life. And uh, of course, I depended on my wife quite heavily in, in working on that that aspect because she's had the the education in that, and so we we worked that together on this book. But uh, mainly, I want I want the children. Uh, regardless of uh, the level of struggle that they may have with dyslexia, to really have uh, the strong emotional support that they need and to feel good about themselves throughout the process. Exactly. And you mentioned anxiety that you experienced and I experienced as well. And I think it's important for people to know how having a learning disability, a learning difference, learning disorder in a classroom setting where you don't know what's going on, you can't keep up, you feel, you look stupid, you feel stupid. Anxiety is a natural response to that experience. It, it, it is. The one quick story I'll share to, uh, because I think it's important that uh, a lot of times dyslexic individuals um, get accused of cheating and in fact do cheat um, and it's out of survival. So my quick story is third grade, first year of having to do it, pick a book at the library, read a chapter, read the chapter book, and then give an oral report in front of the class. So I picked a very cool looking book called My Robot Buddy. I'll never forget the, the, the book cover looked really interesting. I kept trying to read it every night and I could get through only a couple, a couple sentences. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. So all of a sudden I hear, Danny, you're going first tomorrow. And I just start to panic. Oh, my gosh, I have 100 pages to read tonight, and I've been able to get through maybe three. So I say, I'm going to do it. I'll do it when I get home. So, of course, I try. Nothing doesn't happen. I, I don't know what to do. I don't tell my mom. I somehow go to bed. I get called up in front of the class, and I make up the entire story in front of the class, and everyone's smiling. And my teacher's smiling. The kids are smiling. And I think, I'm totally pulling this off. And then I realize... I am in a small class in a small school with a small library. Someone's going to go get it. Someone's read it, and I'm going to be caught. And then I had anxiety for months after thinking I was going to get caught, and I wasn't a cheater. But I didn't know what else to do. And I just think we have to help kids understand and give accommodations. Uh, and with this understanding, we can reduce a lot of the anxiety and some of the behaviors that come out of this to survive. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I kind of... Uh... I kind of can feel that very same experience. In my case, when I was presented with something like that, my anxiety was so bad that I ended up being sick and didn't even go to school. <laughs> <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I, it's, it is a very difficult thing for kids when they're expected to, to perform on a level that they just can't perform at that level or that speed. So you've shared several nuggets with us. Winding this down, down, what is one thing parents of kids who they think might be dyslexic, what should they do? Well, I think the first thing they need to do is educate themselves. And they can, they can start by, by uh, watching that documentary, The Big Picture, uh, so that they, they can see how it has affected other, other kids and how they, they've been able to cope with it. Educate yourself. Uh, and if you're like me, who had dyslexia, but really didn't fully understand it when my when my uh, child was uh, was young, 
the only thing I could do is to be able to mirror how I was dealt with. Well, you're expected to just uh, pull yourself up by your own uh, bootstrap and just kind of struggle through it and work through it. And so I had no other uh, way to, to be able to, to help my child other than how I was dealt with. And looking back, I'm kind of mortified by that because uh, I, I didn't make life easy for him either. And he's 36 now. <laughs> and, well, so, and you just described the essence of the of parent footprint, right? We um, we do what was done to us unless we get more information and dig deep and become aware and decide through this awareness, should I do something differently? Absolutely. And one thing a parent can ask themselves, okay, how I was dealt with when I was young, uh, how did that feel for me? Did that, did that help me or did that cause me anxiety? Or did it make things more difficult for me? And so, well, it made things more difficult for me. I had anxiety. So why would you want to then repeat that same process with your child? So that's the time to step back and say, okay, I need to educate myself. How can I do things differently? How can I do things better? If I suspect he's a, uh, dyslexic, um, I need to learn all I can about it. How can I give him the support and the help that he needs? And uh, and that's what I think all parents uh, um, really need to do is to examine uh, examine their their view of uh, of their child, the view of themselves, and to be able to say, okay, how can I give my child the best possible start in life? Donna could not agree with you more. And it's time. With that wonderful insight to tell us about your parent footprint moment, and this is a time when you became aware of yourself as a person or as a parent or both, and that new awareness had a positive impact on your child. I would say it was when I began to really understand my own uh, dyslexia and all of its uh, facets, that it had the biggest impact on me. Even though my child at that point was already an adult, we were able then to go back and converse about it and say, you know, we didn't do, we didn't do things right. I didn't do things right. I didn't under I didn't really understand myself at that point. So, how could I understand what you really what you were dealing with, other than you know, how I was treated. And uh, we, had, uh, we had some great healing moments at that point because, you know, he has a lot, of, uh, a lot of anxiety from his own childhood and upbringing. And uh, at that point, we were able then to come together and to drop, uh, come closer together. And so even though uh, ideally it's best for, for a parent to, to understand these things while their child is young, even when your child is, is older, it's not too late to be able to gain that understanding and to be able to, to really improve that relationship that you have with your child at any age. Mm-hmm. Hear that, everyone? Never too late. And, you know, thank you for sharing that, Don. There's been others on the podcast, too, who have shared with us this notion that you can go back and have shared understanding and help oneself and one's child make sense of different childhood experience that really has um, a repairing, a repairing response. 
Don, tell everyone where they can find your fiction books, your coming nonfiction books, uh, your how to find you as an advocate. Excellent. Well, they can go to my uh, personal website and blog. It's on it's Donwin D O N W I N N dot com. Very very easy. Um, and uh, you can also um, uh, sign up for my uh, my blog because usually every couple weeks I come out with a new blog. I have um, a list of uh, dyslexia articles uh, that I've written. Um, you, you'll see that on the top of the menu. Uh, you also see a list of my chapter books and my picture books, and uh, I have uh, the uh, new picture book that is already available. It's called "There's a Monkey in My Backpack," and uh, it's about a young girl who, uh, whose monkey is a metaphor, a metaphoric monkey. It makes her life miserable because it, it does all the things we de- we described as with our dyslexic struggle. But she also recognizes that the monkey gives her some helps her with some things. There's some strengths that she gets with it, and so she learns um, to be able to um, kind of come to terms with her monkey and appreciate her monkey, not just what the difficulty it caused, but also the strengths that she has from it. And so that book's available, and the uh, the new book, uh, the nonfiction book, we're hoping to have it out this October, and uh, you can keep. Uh, uh, sign up for my uh, newsletter or follow my blog, and uh, you'll be able to get uh, updates uh, as that becomes available. And I have the uh, the Cirque series uh, for middle readers, and one of the the main characters, the name is Reggie, is is dyslexic, and even though it's it's in medieval times, uh, he learns throughout the the, the four book series that uh, he has some strengths that he's able to to. Uh, to save the day on more than one occasion by using those strengths. And so uh, that's the Sir K series. Awesome. Tons of resources. And uh, there's no better way to help kids understand themselves through characters that uh, they can uh, find shared experiences with. Don, thanks so much for sharing your experience, uh, your wisdom which comes from tremendous experience and now all of the wonderful resources that you're using to help parents and kids understand dyslexia. Surviving and thriving with dyslexia. That's what Dawn is talking to us about. Uh, That's what we firmly believe in at Parent Footprint is my experience as well. And there are tons of strengths with Dawn told us about. So think about your kids' strengths and their ability to understand the big picture, to get the gist of what's going on, to be creative problem solvers. And remember to praise effort, praise progress. We want that perseverance and the resilience and focus on that progress that your child is making and helping with self-understanding and strong identity as time goes on. Everyone, check us out as well. You know where to find us, www.parentfootprint.com. You know about our Parent Footprint Awareness Training, where we have videos to help you in an interactive way be a parent that parents with purpose and intention and aligned with your own vision of successful parenting. Be the person you want your child to become and ask yourself, the guiding question, what footprint do you want to leave?